Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Nitsan. And this is The Final Curtain, a mini-series brought to you by Stories from the Eastern West featuring personal tales from the transformation of the Eastern Bloc. For today's episode, we met with Yatek Klaif, a celebrated songwriter, poet, and painter. Some of his songs became anthems for the democratic opposition in Poland and spent years circulating underground on home-copied cassettes. However, Klaif has always taken his own path and never accepted any sort of iconic dissident status, nor would he accept being called a bard of the opposition, a title given to many musicians involved in the anti-communist movement. He always stayed true to himself, even when the whole world around him took a U-turn. Coming up on The Final Curtain. Dramatic eyewitness accounts of fighting in Bucharest. Police had forcefully beaten demonstrators in East Berlin. Thousands of Czechoslovaks shaking their house keys. The protest movement is now too big to be controlled. Good evening. It is over in Poland. Iron curtain across Europe, torn down. Jatek Klaif came of age during some truly grim times. No. Co druga płyta chodnikowa wyższa, obrzygane przystanki. Well, every other tile on the sidewalk higher than the other. Putrid bus stops, one TV channel, then two, both black and white, with obviously slanted content. Hopelessness, the invasion of Czechoslovakia in 1968, personal involvement in the Polish political crisis of 1968, workers shot in 1970 in Gdańsk. All these events created an incredibly nutritious climate for irony, for constant thinking about how to fool the regime. Klaif is referring to several major things here. The brutal Warsaw Pact intervention in Czechoslovakia in 1968, the communist-driven anti-Semitic march unrests in Poland, and Black Thursday, the 1970 protest near the coast that was violently thwarted by the government. This third event, where the regime attacked its own unarmed citizens with guns and tanks, was especially traumatic for Poland citizens. And that's what the song you can hear now is about, about coming of age during these three traumatic events. Despite the censorship, Klaif knew the truth about all these things because he listened to the forbidden radio station, Radio Free Europe. At home, in our flat with its thick walls, my father would put a good Tesla radio in the middle so that our neighbors couldn't hear it and we would listen to Radio Free Europe non-stop. A few years later, still in his early 20s, he was already a seasoned oppositionist. He started a cabaret band called Salon of Independence with two of his friends. They immediately became a hit. 
A z kolei władza już była tygrysem tracącym uzębienie, więc można było salomować. Meanwhile, the regime was already a sort of tiger which has lost half its teeth. And we could slalom between what was left of its jaws and aggravate its scurvy. For some incomprehensible reason, this bloodthirsty system started losing its ability to commit bigger crimes. With our behavior and the ideas we had, if it had been 15 years earlier, we would have been exiled to Siberia just like many people were back then, who suddenly vanished from a tram for telling an inappropriate joke. So our lyrics were published in a popular magazine and they invited us to the most notorious arts festival for students and we won three consecutive editions. We found ourselves in the mainstream of student culture. The regime would say through the lips of its leader, Kamrat Kierek, You, uh, students, you can play in those clubs of yours, you know, you do these cabarets, <laughs> but we support Mazowsze. Mr. Ochman. Awesome other opera singer. So there was an endorsed culture, a tolerated culture, which included student culture and clubs, and a fought against independent underground culture. We started in the early 1970s. They shut us down in 1976, but in 1972-73 we were on such a roll that of the 17 voivodeships in Poland, we would play each of them at least twice. Basically, we were on the road non-stop. And the salon was alive until they realized that there, at this festival, there were 6,000 people in attendance. Students, yes, but also miners and steel workers, and that we are spreading this pestilence. They suddenly decided to tame us, and they did, but only after four years. And when the news finally tightened, I moved on to my solo career. Even if society didn't want to make use of me, I had no intention of stopping either way. So I just want to pause for a second and give you a sense of the interplay between the band and its audience. Given the heavy censorship and the omnipresence of secret service informants, you'd think their performances would have gotten banned immediately. To avoid that, the Salon's band members sang in code or used illusions and irony. For example, one of their most notorious stunts was just them reading the Universal Declaration of Human Rights out loud, the United Nations Agreement on Basic Civil Rights that Poland had also signed. They didn't add any comments or any jokes, they just read it, article by article. But the audience watching were just rolling around on the floor laughing. The sheer discrepancy between what was in those sentences and what was going on around them in Poland was so huge that it was ridiculous enough. But soon, Klaif's pranks against the regime were forced to come to an abrupt halt. 
A mógłby pan opowiedzieć o tym, jak doszło do przerwania? Could you tell me how your tour with Marlena Rodowicz was shut down? I think it was the last one before the longer ban. No to był 70. No salon przestał w 75. właściwie. Salon was shut down in 1975, but in the following years, the benign toothless tiger didn't notice that some first-rate artists were helping me, taking me on tours as a surprise act, initially with my name on the poster and later without. But I would play three or four songs in the middle of their shows and the announcer would still say my name. No i w 78 roku jesienią siedzimy sobie na plaży i pijemy wino. So in autumn 1978 we were on the beach with Marilla drinking wine. Agnieszka Osieska joined us so it was first class female companionship. And these two women? One was the most popular singer in Poland and the other the country's most successful songwriter. And a little radio is playing. I z tego radyjka ogłaszają, że wybrało papieża Konrada. And out of that little radio, they announced that John Paul II has been elected Pope. Habemus Papam! To one dwie po prostu oszalały. And they both went absolutely insane. That same day we had a party at our Lithuanian friend's house. I had the germs of the new song about the parliament in my mind. Maybe you should put it on from a disc, if you have it. Put it on. The blind look on with shock as the mutes begin to talk. From the benches uproar erupts, the deaf lean in to hear what's up. A mute then begins to preach, with emotion on free speech. A heated debate then breaks out when the stammerer speaks aloud. No i ja to tak po prostu winko, no po prostu cudowna po prostu atmosfera wybrali papieża, no po prostu wierzchołek kurczę równi pochyłej. And you know, simply a few glasses of wine, a wonderful atmosphere, the pop selection that felt like the tipping point. We were absolutely convinced that this was it, that it would be better every day from now on. No matter how steep the spiral might be, we knew there could be plateaus, but we were sure it was coming to an end. No excuses. I played that song. And Marilla, a bit tipsy from the wine, as was I, said, Tomorrow you play this song at our gig in Bibrzeże Theatre. And that was a venue for 700 people. And crowds were mobbing her gigs every night. She was rising like a comet. So I thought, eh, it was the wine she will forget. Mind that I was on tour with her making more money than ever. No jest po prostu ten koncert się zaczyna na bita sala teatru wybrzeże. Ja nic w ogóle nie wspominam tego. 
So the show starts, the theater is packed and I don't mention the song at all. Marilla plays the first half, then introduces me. She goes back to get me and says, You're just same. Jacek, play that song. Go play that song. And I say, Marilla, but... And here I said three sentences which turned out to be absolutely prophetic. Basically, all of it actually happened. I will never, until everything changes in Poland, go out on stage again. This tour will be shut down in two or three days. You'll get yourself in serious trouble and be banned from going abroad for the next six months. And she goes, don't be silly. They've just elected a Pole as a new Pope. I say, well, yes. That's why I won't go to the slammer and why the tour will be cancelled in three days instead of today. Because they will need some time to think about it. And you'll be banned from leaving the country for six months instead of four years. No, ona się uśmiała, ale mówi, śpiewasz. To dwa razy mi nie trzeba było powtarzać, wyszedłem. Jak zacząłem ten stuk, stuk... She just laughed and said, go, sing. Well, I didn't need to be asked again. So I went out on stage and as soon as I started that knock, knock in the chorus, everybody stood up and started bashing on their chairs or something. They took off the shoes. I don't even know what happened exactly, but it turned into a political protest. W 78 roku zacząłem pan Wałęsa się myli, zacząłem obalać komunizja. Tak żartuję. W 1978 I started it. Mr. Wałęsa is mistaken. It was me who started to overthrow communism. Just joking. Anyways, in Gdańsk 1978, there was a 700-strong protest, and all the artists came out from backstage, and we all sang that song together. No i wszystko się sprawdziło. No, ta, ta, wszystko co powiedziałem się dokładnie niemal tak. Ja po prostu, znaczy ta trasa. And I was right. Everything I said actually happened. That tour, there were more concerts planned, but a flood, bad weather, the power was out, you know. And the next show was cancelled. Another show was cancelled too. Same thing on the third day and then officially go home. And it was a fact that from that time, from 1978, I didn't play a single public gig until late 1980 when the newly legalized Solidarność invited me out. A w międzyczasie zacząłem jeździć na najwyższe sosny w Polsce, zbierać szyszki na nasiona. And meanwhile, I started climbing the highest pine trees in Poland, harvesting pine cones to get seeds out of them. 
At the time, it was still a job for independent freaks, not like these days, where it has been appropriated by huge companies, where a wealthy gentleman walks around on the ground with a notebook and laborers up on the tree make very ordinary money. Back then I could earn enough in three months to last me for a whole year. And then, suddenly, in the year 1980, a mass protest in the Gdańsk shipyard. It snowballed into a massive social movement called Solidarność. It becomes legal and seems an inevitable threat to the regime. Everybody wants Jacek to join in. But he has other plans. I wyjechałem na wieś. Kompletnie, no, dla wielu ludzi zdrada. And I just left for the countryside. For many people that felt like a betrayal. But I realized I was in the center of this artistic, dissident avant-garde. But at the same time, my private life was in ruins. So I left for the countryside, a village in eastern Poland where I started teaching myself how to play hand drums. And that turned out to be the five most creative years in my life, because one guy there was embossing old earrings and then selling them back in Warsaw, another started handcrafting drums, another, me, I was working on my paintings, another group started a band, and so on. There were a lot of that sort of people there. The impoverished and freaky avant-garde headed there in droves from all over Poland. Kleif made himself an outcast devoted only to art, but back at the center of events, things weren't going well. The joy of 1980 was short-lived. Just 15 months later, martial law was introduced, the regime's new attempt to put the country back on a conservatively communist track. It involved the delegalization of Solidarność, the mass arrests of opposition leaders, and a huge crackdown on civil rights. And, of course, a grand return to the most severe censorship. What was left of the opposition went underground. But they made Kleif an offer. The moment martial law was introduced, Jan Kellus offered to release your songs illegally on a cassette on his underground label, ZDN, but under a pseudonym. Could you tell us what your reaction was? I said that my name has to be on it no matter what, and I added a few even more biting songs. Once that the censors didn't even know existed, and they released this cassette. That label was really making a ruckus all on the ground. Did you have any trouble just after the cassette was released? At the time? Nah. I was way out in the countryside. The regime probably didn't even know where, because officially I was living with my parents. Ah, they did visit my parents, wanted to draft me, that was a bit of bother. And boy, I had my struggles with the army, but anyways, I went through enough trouble area. Six house searches, seven times busted and held for 48 hours. 15 years without a passport. I'd had my share. 
And then I simply stopped being interesting to them. I was somewhere far away from civilization. Freaks, faggot, junkies, they say. Only things they do is bashing the drums or something. He went off the rails. And that's how I stopped being an attractive target. That's how it worked out in my case anyway. Przyroda kolebka myślała kiedyś dokładnie Po co jej wielkie mamuty Ani wygląda to ładnie, ani z nich skóra na buty Nie ma co pytać koledzy Robiła i tak jej wyszło, nikt nie wymyślał specjalnie You said one day that the existence of this system shaped your life and you as a person. What did you feel when suddenly that system was gone? No, radość, no nie niepohamowana radość, entuzjazm trzy razy więcej. Joy, uncontrolled joy, euphoria, three times more gigs, six hundred times more new ideas. Simply joy, joy. It was like Christmas. Jadę do Gdańska 4 czerwca jedziemy tam być, po prostu być tam. I had to Gdańsk on June 4th for the main celebration, just to be there, simply be there, you know, just be there. I know there are other important holidays, there is Independence Day, that's an important one, but June 4th, pure joy. Radość. Jacek Leif stayed true to his path and never really started caring about money or popularity. The band he started in the countryside is alive and kicking and they play a nice blend of folk, African and meditative music. Still, people ask him a lot about the songs he played during the late 1970s, but he has an answer to that. Jeżeli ktoś kocha moje piosenki, to wszystkie są wydane w CD, nie? If someone loves my old songs, then all of them are on this cassette we talked about earlier. They were officially released and I always acknowledged them as mine, using all four of my limbs. I'd never give up an inch of my ownership. It's the solid foundation of who I am. And when anybody knocks me about those older songs, I just say, okay, but during the after party, let's have some wine, sit somewhere, away from the stage and well. To do dziś mówię, dobra, w after party z przyjemnością przy winku, już poza sceną zasiądziemy i ten. This episode of The Final Curtain was produced for Culture PL and hosted by Adam Żuławski and me, Nitsan Reisner. 
If you want to learn more about the story you just heard, see the show notes in your podcast app or go to the Stories from the East and West website at sftew.com. Remember to check our feed next week for more of The Final Curtain. Next time, you'll get to hear another musician's story. This time, we talk to the ever-rebellious Timon Tymiski, a rock star who at only age 15 decided that the gray reality around him had to change. And he's still not done changing things last time we checked. See you next week.